You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. Hey guys, welcome back to the Preppy Podcast. Um, if you're following along with me on social media at Preppy Publicist, then you know this week I am at Lydia Menzies' uh, Supper Club event. So be sure to follow along there for all the fun uh, this week. And Lydia was on the podcast before, so go back and listen to her episode as well. But this week I have on Susan Albright, and she is a designer behind Happy Print beautiful clothing and home decor and textiles that I think you guys are going to love learning about. So let's get into the episode. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's really an honor to speak to your audience today. My name is Susan Albright, and um, my brand makes pretty organic cotton dresses made from my hand-drawn original prints. And I also have a line of home decor products, including wallpaper, tabletop, and bedding items, and pillows. And I live in Polly's Island, South Carolina, which is between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. Awesome. And I love your beautiful prints. They are just yeah. stunning. So we're going to talk more about your brand and your designs in a little, but Mm -hmm. I want to first talk about uh, your childhood. I feel like when I interview people, they sort of reflect and they're like, oh, you know what? I see like parts of what I do now looking back in my Mm -hmm. childhood. So Mm -hmm. were you always into like fashion and design? Were you someone that was like crafting and making things as a kid? Like where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Um. My childhood, I would, looking back, was pretty ideal. Um, I grew up actually moving around a bit, which was, you know, a lot of people don't like to do that, but I always found it very exciting. Um, I spent my elementary school years outside of Philadelphia in a little town called Glen Mills. And then we lived in New Hampshire. And then I did high school in New Jersey. And then, um, Graduated from there and went to um, <laughs> uh, went to college in Massachusetts. So um, I would say that I was I had a very active imagination and a very vivid imaginary kind of life. Um, I I was always interested in um, interior design, fashion, beautiful architecture, gardens. Um, and loved moving my furniture around, was always the one who did the flower arrangements in our family. So um, I can see that I always had uh, had an interest in those things. And um, it's funny, my parent, my family used to think that I was a little spacey. And they, <laughs> my dad would say, oh, Earth to Susan, you're in Susie land again. So um, I could I like to do things like on car rides, just design a room in my head or a dress. 
So um, I can see how that played into what I'm doing now. Because I think so the more you use your imagination, the more things you can then do with it. I think it has to be developed. And I think that's kind of what I did in my childhood. Definitely. And I feel like your pieces today are so like inspired by places. Mm -hmm. So moving around, I feel like probably played into that. Uh, but yeah. I also, did you know that I'm based outside of Philadelphia in Unionville? So like super close to Glenville's. No, you're kidding. Oh, what? wow. That's so cool. <laughs> I had no idea that you had grown up right there. Yeah. Well, all the best people are from that area, I think. Yes, that's so funny. Oh my gosh, what a small world. <laughs> yeah, it was such an ideal place to grow up. I had a lot of, lived in a great neighborhood. My brothers, I have two brothers. I'm right in the middle. We're 13 months apart. And we kind of just had the run of the neighborhood and lots of um, sports and music lessons and all that. So <laughs> very fun. So you mentioned uh, college. So where yeah. and what did you end up studying? Like, did it have to do with anything creative or did you go a different <laughs> route? So I went to Smith College in Massachusetts and um, it's a liberal arts college. So I studied, I took a lot of different courses, um, history, art history, languages, um, and I ended up majoring in economics because I wanted to study in Europe my junior year. So I looked at what majors uh, I could do that with, and one of them was economics. So I studied at the Université de Genève in Geneva, Switzerland. And I just loved traveling through Europe as a, my junior year abroad, spent a lot of time in Paris. Um, and then I also had a major in French because I had to take classes in French. So I studied French all the way through and I thought might as well get the double major. So um, nothing really related other than I kind of have a catalog of images in my brain from that experience junior year abroad and then just studying the things that I chose to study. So um, finally, I ended up, uh, I, I guess it's funny now that I'm talking about it. I think places are just such a huge part of my life because mm -hmm. a lot of the decisions I made were based on where I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I said the major, my major was kind of determined by the junior abroad programs that were offered. And even my choice of a college was <laughs> determined <laughs> by that, who had the best junior year abroad programs. And then um, after college, I wanted to live in New York City. And that was like a beacon to me. I just had to live in New York City and I had to support myself. So the best paying jobs for college grads were in the finance industry. Mm -hmm. So I went into a bank training program, um, which a lot of people did at the time. So, I mean, when I look back on it, I ended up doing that um, until my first daughter was born. And it's funny because I don't, know how I did it. <laughs> because <laughs> It's not my area of gifting. And uh, it's kind of a bit of a blur to me in my mind. So it definitely wasn't really where I should have been. Um, but it paid the bills. 
Yeah. I actually feel like a lot of people that I interview on this podcast, they did the same thing. Like they wanted to be in New York. They worked in finance. And then, you know, eventually they started their brand and started designing because they needed a creative outlet or something completely Mm -hmm. different. Um, Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have to, you know, do what it takes to to get there and put in your time somewhere else, basically. Right. Probably most people have to do that. So. So you said that you were working in banking then until basically mm-hmm. your first child was mm-hmm. born. Mm-hmm. Um, then after that, is that when you started your own brand or um, no, did you do something a, between? Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a roundabout route, but still related. Um, I started flipping houses mm-hmm. in Connecticut. So that's pretty much what I did when I my children were really little and babies. So every three years we would move because I found a new project. And um, so I did that. And then at the same time, I went back to school and took some interior design courses uh, so I could learn how to draw things to scale and do interior renderings. I'd always dabbled in watercolors. So um, it was really more learning how to do the perspective drawing and that sort of thing. Um, and then I opened because people loved my homes. I had people asking me to help them with theirs. So I started an interior design business that I did for a long time. So that was the next thing that I did. Then, um, fast forward, my children were, uh, in college. My youngest was in college and the others were, uh, grown and I moved to Polly's Island from Connecticut. So, and that is when, when I realized that the interior design uh, business wasn't going to be what it was in Westchester and Fairfield County in Manhattan for me, um, I decided to pivot and I really started just doing a lot of artwork. And primarily I started doing interior renderings for other designers because I found that a lot of the younger designers hadn't learned that skill because they were doing everything digitally. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes you need a, a special rendering if you're doing a show house or you want it for marketing or as a gift. So I started doing that along with house portraits. And then I decided to do some textiles. Um, and so that's kind of how I started my brand. It was sort of a roundabout way, but when I look back on it, like each piece has been invaluable to Mm -hmm. me to get, to enable me to do what I do now. Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, starting an interior design business and the fact that you knew how to do renderings like that, I think is the hardest part besides Mm -hmm. the measuring and all. I feel like even a lot of interior decorators, you know, they don't know how to do that part. So the fact that you Mm -hmm. kind of knew how to do that, that, um, is amazing. And I think, you know, talking to you, it kind of makes sense hearing your journey, like you said, and (laughs) where you are today, everything Mm -hmm. plays off of each other. And I think formed sort of your brand and what you offer. Yeah, I don't think I, you know, I I think I, in my head, I imagine that people who start a brand or a business kind of have to do the business plan. That's my finance side, you know, wanting to do the plan and the numbers and projections and blah, blah, blah. Um, But that's not at all how my business has happened. And it's just been really organic and it's been a journey and a really exciting one. 
Um, so when I first started, you can imagine that I, I, I really just, I fell in love with the idea of people wearing, um, using my products in their homes, um, touching them. I didn't get excited about having something hanging on a wall somewhere. Um, so I guess because of my interior design, I always loved textiles. And when I discovered that I could create my own textiles, I taught myself, really, you can teach yourself anything on, with a computer these days. So I taught myself how to create patterns um, and then have them printed. And so initially I was focused on the home decor side of things, wallpaper, pillows, uh, bedding, tabletop. Um, and I had a little shop in Polly's Island and, um, it's very hot here in the summer. I don't know if you've ever been to South Carolina in the middle of the summer. Have you? Yes. Uh, my mom's <laughs> side of the family lives in Aiken, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, so you know, it's mm -hmm. hot and it's humid too. Yep. So lots of bad hair days. Um, but I needed some clothes because my clothes that were, you know, that I could wear to my shop and work. Polly's Island is very much a beach community, mm -hmm. so, but I didn't want to dress in, you know, t-shirts and shorts to go to work. I had to look a little more polished and all of my New York City and Connecticut work clothes were not right. Didn't have the right vibe for down here. And they also had stretch in them. So the, that didn't work in terms of the heat. So I just, I fell in love with this organic cotton and I found serendipitous serendipitously a seamstress that could make something sort of by piecing together components that I had in my closet and I told her what I wanted and she made it and I loved it. And I thought, Oh, this would be a great way to advertise my prints. Well, um, the first day I put the dress on, wore it to work, customer came in and she's looking around and she comes to me and says, well, where, where are the dresses? And I said, excuse me, what, I don't, which dresses? She said, the one you're, like the one you're wearing. And I said, oh, this is the only one. I just had it made. Um, I could probably make another one for you, but it'll take three weeks. And she said, well, I, and then I said, but I, this is the only size I have. So you're welcome to try it on. And if it fits you, I can have it made. So I had happened to have change of clothes at the store. So I let her try it on. She came out. She said, I love it. But can I buy this one? Because I want to wear it to dinner tonight. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess so. I've only had it on for like an hour. Um, but I, I then I had to quickly try and figure out how much to charge her for it. Yeah. Um, so she bought it. And then I had to wait another three weeks to make another one. And the same darn thing happened. <laughs> so that happened three times. And I thought, hmm, I think people are interested in the dress more than they are the pillows. So uh, I, I had a number of hurdles, as you can imagine, you know, from that moment until where I am now. So, and one of them was um, finding a pattern maker and someone that could grade the patterns. And I was really fortunate to find a, recent graduate of the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in LA, who had just graduated, moved back home to Merle's Inlet. And she was looking for a job and answered an ad that I had put on Indeed for seamstresses. So 
that was the, per the key person that I needed in order to grade sizes. So we do all of our designs in-house um, from, from a sketch. We do the mock-up in muslin. We do the grading, the whole bit. So, um, and then I, I put, have put together a team of really talented sewers, mm -hmm. um, in my town. So that's kind of the wow. background of the clothing. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So what year, um, when did you start the clothing? I guess, when was that? So, um, I started the clothing probably late 2019. Okay. So right before. The first summer was like this. Well, let's see. The, the summer of 2019 was the first dress. Okay. And then I met my um, pattern maker, Jordan, in I think it was February of 2020. Wow. So it's been, it's been kind of quick, but it feels like it's been a, a lifetime at the same time. Yeah. Is that now is clothing kind of the core of your business over um, yes. the home products? Would you yes, say? I would say so because, um, I love both, but I'm kind of, you know, I can only focus. My sister and I had a long conversation the other day. She thinks I have ADHD because I tend to only be able to focus on one big thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So my focus, I really just fell in love with the clothes. Um, it's fun to have a new dress all the time. Um, but I do love the home decor and I hope to be able to really um, market that better and develop that part of the business also. That's okay. something that I'm working on. So um, like we just said, this is kind of new as of mm -hmm. basically you found your um, – the designer to help you in 2020. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what have been some of the steps to sort of launching this? Like, mm -hmm. did you then create your website or was your website already existing, but you just kind of had to, you know, add clothing then? Um, tell yeah, me some of like well, that process. I think because I didn't have, because I just feel like I've been doing, I've done a lot of pivoting. So mm -hmm. I, I did things like initially I had a Squarespace website which was really set up to be um, a showcase for my interior design portfolio. Uh, and at the time, they I think they added later uh, e-commerce to the platform. So I worked with that for a while, but, it, but I also had this little shop that I'd opened. So I kind of did things in a backwards way. Um, I had the shop first, and then I realized that I couldn't, the connect the e-commerce platform wasn't connected to my um, brick and mortar store, mm -hmm. so it was a nightmare. If something sold online and I or in the store and I forgot to update it online, I'd sell it twice, and it was just it just didn't work. So I ended up having to switch over to a, to Shopify, which connected things. So that was you know technologically getting things set up to be able to sell clothing was one hurdle. Um, as I said, getting the pattern maker that could actually grade sizes. Um, what else? Uh, I did hire a web designer to help me design the Shopify website, but it's a great platform because you can really um, manage it and run it yourself. So mm -hmm. I like that about it. Um, other hurdles. I think the biggest hurdle for me, the biggest challenge has been the production side. Um 
when you're working with independent contractors and seamstresses, they go on vacation, they get sick. So you're always, I'm always looking on the hunt for good people. And um, we have very high standards. So typically it's not a hobbyist, hobby kind of sewer that I work with. It's somebody who has been a professional um, or is currently a professional. And um, I guess that's, did that answer the question? <laughs> yeah. So I know, um, you know, paying a fair wage to mm-hmm. your sewers, keeping it made in the U.S. is important to you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like why you've chosen to do that when so mm-hmm. many brands are going overseas and yeah. all of that? Sure. I'd love to talk about that because I do feel very strongly about this. Um and my people tell me that I'm crazy and I might be, but, um, it kind of happened from an, a number of different things that I became aware of at the same time. And, and I just felt really strongly about doing it this way. One of them was, um, I watched a documentary called the true cost. And I don't know if you've heard about it, but I, you know, it's a really interesting thing to watch. And it, um, talks about, how what the true cost of fast fashion has been both to people, the human cost, the environmental cost, and many other things that I just wasn't aware of. Um, and I have three daughters. So, you know, I, I heard from them and other people, and I'm not judging, it's just the way it is, you know, well, if I wear it, it's $25, mom, if I wear it once, never again, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And so, I really started wondering how can they make something for 20 and sell it for $25 and it's made overseas. How does that work? I mean, the shipping alone would be, you know, expensive. So that happened. And then, um, I love brands that empower women overseas. You know, there are a lot of brands that, um, work with women in South America or India, but I wasn't seeing any brands that were helping women in, in the United States. And um, I had been a single mom for a long time. Um, and it would have been wonderful to have a way to earn money from home. Um, yeah. So, and I saw a need for that. And I also, Polly's Island is a big uh, retiree community. And I, have seen women who's, you know, maybe their husband dies or they don't have the resources that they expected to, but they don't have the stamina to stand and work in a store all day or, you know, something like that. So, but they have skills. So I thought, wow, this would be great if I could help bring good paying jobs to my little beach community in Polly's Island. So um, I also think that when I build a brand, it's a, it takes a team and I want them to sh- reap the benefit too, rather than paying as little as possible and then hoping I make a lot of money, you know? So it really is, um, about that. And it's just been wonderful to work with. I love working with them so closely. Um, I l- I've learned a lot from them and, it's just, it helps. It's really fun because you can really play off of each other in the creative process. So Definitely. rather than having, if you're working with someone overseas, I would imagine it'd be much more difficult. You know, we tweak things. One of the great things about having my own store is I'm constantly seeing things on different bodies. And oftentimes when I'm there, I ask 
women, if would you mind trying this on? This is something new and I'd really love to see it on you. And they happily oblige. So I get immediate feedback on new designs, which has been really great. I love that. You know, you're, you're keeping it local and you're supplying these jobs to women. And um, I really love that angle. And I'm definitely, I wrote down um, the true cost. I'm going to look into that mm-hmm. and watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might not want to, if you like to <laughs> on some fashion, fashion sites, but um, yeah, cause it's like one of those things you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to talk about your prints. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what makes your brand so unique too, is these gorgeous mm-hmm. prints. Uh, so how do you come up with them? Like sort of what's your design process like? In mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it really started, um, I, as with my interior design background, I think a lot of my prints are really informed by that sensibility. So uh, the first print I did was a toile and I love toiles because they typically have little scenes that have buildings or places that are recognizable and sometimes people doing things there. So that was a natural uh, one to start with. And I love them a lot for their storytelling um, ability. It's a great medium to tell a story and people can emotionally connect with it. So that was the first print and that, and those are inspired by places. Um, and then as an interior designer, you always have to have companion prints to go with it. So, uh, I, I'm inspired very much by nature. So a lot of my coastal prints are use oysters or, um, shrimp or crabs or, you know, the also magnolias and um, plants, palm trees, palms, things like that. Um, But always, uh, I like to use beautiful colors. And I think one of the things that I love doing the most is just playing with color and seeing how when you put a certain color next to another color, it just makes it sing. So it's really the combination of different colors that really excite me and people seem to like. So, yeah. So, um, do you create them all digitally or is it something that, you know, you paint and then digitalize? So now I do it all digitally and, um, with a, you know, with a Mac pencil. Um, so I'm actually drawing it and using the, you know, mixing my own colors digitally. And what I love about it is so it gives me such freedom to experiment and play because you're not making a mess. You're not wasting paper or paint. And it just gives you the ability to really um, get the exact shade that you want. And you also don't have to worry about photographing things. Um, It just goes directly from my iPad to the printer which is really great. So um, it's a little bit of a learning process to, to know how the color changes depending on the shade of the underlying fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, other than that, they do come out pretty true to what I see on my iPad. Yeah. And as you said, like you can learn anything with the internet these days. So I'm sure it took some Googling, some practicing. Absolutely. Lots of YouTube videos (laughs) where I'd rewind, rewind, rewind. (laughs) And some days it was like I wanted to throw it because I was like, ah, what did she just do? But um, 
it's one of those things where just the more I think you you kind of fall in love with whatever your medium is if you're an artist and that is my medium and I I was obsessed with it for probably a year literally my husband would take the pencil out of my hand I'd take it to bed with me and work on things at night and <laughs> I'd have to take it out of my hand and ungrip my hand. <laughs> and my my people would say, yeah, he would say, come on, leave your iPad at home. Let's go for a walk or something. But I just, um, I it's just really love the create. Yeah. And the speed at which you can create things. And I feel like, uh, I don't know why, but I just have a mind that is constantly full of new images and ideas and things that I want to create. So I've never had a problem in coming up with something to create. Mm -hmm. So, Well, your prints are amazing. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk about then marketing. So mm -hmm. you have these amazing prints, you have these amazing clothing. Now, how have you been spreading the word? Like what's been your best form of marketing? Is it really your store and people coming in and um, word of mouth? Or is there something else that you think has really worked for you? Um, yeah, that's a really good question because there were days where I thought, uh, is this any good? I, you know, I feel like I'm not getting any traction. I'm not getting anywhere. No one's seeing it. And how do I get it out there when I have, you know, a really limited budget and mm -hmm. I couldn't hire a, a big PR firm or pay for Google ads or anything. So, um, uh, I would say word of mouth, um, Definitely. The store is very seasonal um, because it's a beach community. Um, there are really great months in the store and then other times where it's really quiet. So I knew that I had to reach out beyond my immediate area. Um, and Instagram has been the best way, I think, marketing wise for me um, and connecting with some influencers that or people that reached out to me, really, I can't take credit for finding the right people. But I think <laughs> I, it really showed me the power of influencer marketing. If you can find someone that connects with your ideal client, then, you know, it can really happen quickly. And I think that happened uh, this winter with me in January. And then I um, took the time to to go to a Southern Sea Summit, and it had been on my radar for a while, but I never, I just didn't feel that I could afford to do it or take the time away to do it. And I just decided um, after listening to a podcast with um, another brand, um, talk about how relationships are so important to developing a business, I thought, yeah, I really need to make the time to do this. And um, that was really, really helpful. And they also offer a lot of mentoring, which is really useful, practical stuff, as well as the great collaboration opportunities and things. I love that. Um, and I love the Southern Sea as well, mm -hmm. uh, which is how I, I think I originally met you that. Yes. Yeah. So, I can't wait to go again. <laughs> I know. Me too. I count down to the days. Yeah. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about the hardest part about what you mm -hmm. do. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say is your favorite part about it? Like, what do you love the most? Is it the creating? Is it the customers? Is it something else? Um, I think it's, it's the, I guess I would describe it kind of as a dance between 
the creative and the customer. It's like mm-hmm. a, I get the feedback from a customer and that kind of, in, that inspires me to do more. And, um, the delight on a woman's face, like I can see their face light up when they put on the dress that they are meant to have. And, um, I just love that moment. I love getting photos from clients who wore a dress to a wedding or a special anniversary, um, or a graduation. And they write to me and tell me how, how many compliments they got and how feminine and beautiful they felt and comfortable. So I love that. And I also love just creating new designs, new prints. I love seeing it, the fabric come in. That's always exciting to me when a a new fabric that I've done arrives and I love the way it feels. I love the way it smells. It's it's, it's kind it's like of Christmas sm- morning. <laughs> it is every, every day is Christmas morning. And I also love when the seamstresses, um, they come to the store and pick up the fabric and the patterns and the notions on Monday morning. And then they, some of them come on Friday or Saturday and others come the following Monday and they bring back the finished dresses. And that's like another Christmas morning. And then when someone puts it on and buys it, that's another one. So all that is the part that I love. The part that I don't love is like probably a lot of your other people you've interviewed are, is the financial side of it. (laughs) You know, the stuff you have to do, um, bookkeeping, QuickBooks, uh, you know, packaging things for sure. Actually, I don't mind packaging things up, but, um, (laughs) trying to, trying to find stuff. Yeah. The business stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to, I think another big challenge for a lot of solo entrepreneurs is, um, you have to make all the decisions yourself Mm -hmm. and that can be hard when, you know, you know, there's a lot at stake and you don't want to make the wrong decision and have it cost you a lot of money. So, um, having mentors is really important. And I was blessed to have, um, a couple who are really great entrepreneurs that live in Polly's Island that invested in me early on, saw my potential. And they've been there at critical moments when I really felt like I need to get somebody else to tell me if this is, if I'm going on the right track. Mm -hmm. So, um, you need to have somebody. Uh, my husband has been a big encourager too, and has been a successful entrepreneur. He's the one who always tells me the things that I then don't listen to and then come back and realize he was absolutely right. So that's a little annoying, but I think he told me originally I should only have five SKUs, five products. I think I just saw on uh, Shopify that I have like a thousand SKUs, but that includes each size. So <laughs> That's so funny. So I have a few uh, like more short answer questions for you. So who would be your dream person or like dream collab uh, to Mm. work with? Like, you know, it could be a royal, a celebrity, or maybe like a famous influencer. Um, Who who would be your dream that you think just really would represent your brand well? Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't really know. Um... I haven't really figured that I haven't really, if I figured that out, I probably would have reached out to them, but, um, (laughs) I really love working with, uh, multi-generational customers. So like 
I love when the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter okay. all want to get something. So my dream would be to have, you know, if I could find a mother, daughter, and grandmother that could uh that I could photograph and could represent the brand. That would be really cool. So if you can think of anyone <laughs> in that category, let me know. Um, we also can do children's clothing. That's another thing That's so that fun. we've dabbled in, but I haven't had time to really develop marketing wise. So yeah. Okay. I'll keep that in mind for you. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> what um, does preppy mean to you? Since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone yeah. this question. So how would you describe preppy? So, I knew you were going to ask me this question because I'd listened to a couple of your other podcasts and actually more than a couple. Um, I love your podcast, by the way. Uh, And I asked my husband and he had one answer. And then I asked my sister, she had a different answer. And what I realized, I think um, to me, preppy is kind of a state of mind and a lifestyle. So what it, how it manifests itself um, style wise can differ based on where you're from. So, you know, or if you're on vacation or in your real life. So like the bright wild colors of Lily Pulitzer of Palm beach is preppy, but so are the navies and creams and subdued colors of, uh, new England. Um, there's also, the Sloan Rangers in London is, you know, the Fair Isle sweaters, the novelty sweaters, Lady Di style, and also the um, Bon Chic or Bon Genre kids in Paris. So um, I think it's more, it's a appreciation for um, quality. It's a timelessness. And it's also a um, belief that comfort is important while looking chic and elegant. Mm -hmm. So, uh, to me, preppy, the preppy lifestyle has a very much outdoorsy and athletic component to it, whether it's sailing or tennis or skiing. Um, and that tends to carry through in, you know, real life. So I think there's a penchant for natural fibers because they're comfortable, um, Mm -hmm. and clothes that, aren't super tight, but are, you know, nicely tailored. Um, and I guess, yeah, I think that that would be what describes it for me. The timelessness, appreciation for quality and, um, nods to tradition. So I think my pieces definitely reference certain periods of time and very much an American way. Um, but they're updated so that they don't look like, you know, you're wearing a costume from the 50s. I also like how in true fashion of yours, you tied it into location. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I guess there's a theme here, isn't there? Right? So I want to ask you then, where is your favorite place to travel and then somewhere that's on your bucket list that you haven't been yet? Okay. Um, So my favorite place to travel is probably – Paris and Provence. Mm -hmm. Love, love, love going there. And I always love um, doing an Airbnb so I can pretend that I'm, again, the imagination, pretend that I live (laughs) there, (laughs) go to markets and cook. And um, so that's one place. And I also love going to Nantucket. So um, be going there in 
the end of August. So that's awesome. And then where, where I'd like to go, I've never been to Spain, so I would love to go to Spain. That's on my list too. I feel like a lot of people are going there recently. I know like two people that were there Mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. (laughs) It looks beautiful. I don't know how I missed it. I, it seemed like to me this year, everyone's in Italy. Mm, but yeah, I do know a couple of people that have been in Spain, but yeah, Barcelona, Madrid. Um, I'd love to check that out. Definitely. Um, what is your go-to drink? Mm. It could be like your coffee and then maybe your like alcohol sort of drink. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely going to say both. The, uh, I love iced coffee in the summer and mm-hmm. my um, Nespresso coffee in the winter. Uh and I am, I hate to say it because it feels so trendy because everybody's drinking them now, but I love an Aperol spritz okay. in the summer. Yeah. So, and if I don't have that, I, I'll have a glass of rosé from Provence. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's my favorite rosé too. From Provence, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is your best seller on your site? Is it that towel dress? No, actually, it it probably will be as soon as I can expand the size range. So mm-hmm. right now, I only offer that in a small and a medium, and it's pretty short. So, um, not it's not for everybody, but I'm hoping to offer um, a little longer length and larger sizes coming soon. Um, but the best best seller has been the Huntington Maxi shirt dress, and okay. I think it's because it just is so versatile. It can go to a black tie wedding or um, you know, be worn with flats and just, just flat sandals and unbutton a bunch of the buttons and you can be run around town in it. It's gorgeous. I feel like it's super ladylike. Mm-hmm. What um, then also is your personal favorite design of yours? <laughs> Whatever my newest thing is, is my <laughs> favorite. <laughs> so right now I'm wearing a lot. Uh, the dress I'm wearing a lot is the Fripp. Okay. And it's in a cotton lawn, which is so lightweight, you feel like you're naked, mm. uh, which is really important when it's so hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is next for you? Like, what are you working on or planning for? Are you maybe working on a holiday collection now? Yeah, or I'm yeah. excited about the holiday collection. I've got some really beautiful new prints, and I'm going to be adding some fun sparkly buttons to some things and um, playing around with some different silhouettes. And um, so that there'll be a holiday capsule. I'm also uh, have, have some new, new prints coming out for fall. Um, and developing the home decor line. I can, I do grass cloth now, which is really appealing in this Southern area. Um, and I'd like to do some more pop-ups and trunk shows, um, and kind of get out there more. So those are kind of the, and some fun collaborations coming up. One of what you know about. (laughs) Yes, I cannot wait. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited to see your holiday collection. Yeah, it'll be fun, I think. So I'm trying to think of what what I'm going to be doing, what other women are doing for the holidays and make sure I have an offering for each event. (laughs) That's perfect. So my final question is, where can people find you? Let them know your website URL, your social media handles. That way everyone can follow along with you and shop your beautiful creations. Thank you. Sure. Um, So you can find me on Instagram at shopsusanalbright. 
And my website is Susan Albright, happy places.com. So there's the place connection. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> so, well, uh, oh, the other thing I'm going to be developing, I do uh, some custom prints for weddings. So um, I've done twalls that tell the story of the courtship of the couple um, or uh, one that features the wedding venue. Um, and then we can do all sorts of things with those. So that's exciting um, also. And I love doing those. I love that fellow brides. That mm -hmm. sounds amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, Susan. This has been so fun learning more about you and your brands. Um, and I can't wait to see, you know, your next collections and styles. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun talking to you. Thank you so much for listening to the preppy podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.